Mm-mm, fellas, spring has sprung, and have you started your spring cleaning yet? Those carpets probably need cleaning. Those drapes definitely need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Look, the smell of fresh flowers is in the air, and the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle 5 in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code WELLSHAVED. Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest and smoothest gaming podcast. Thanks to Manscaped, save 20% off, get free shipping with the code WellShaved at manscaped.com.au. I am Zach Jackson, joined by Adam Ryan. Hello. Uh, did you spend down and talk to the mic? You can't yes. Think? That's strange. Nathan Hennessy also is here. Mm, hello. Ooh. That's all right. Okay. Um, and joining us all the way from WA, been a long time between drinks, eh, uh, is mm-hmm. Holly Buckley. Hello. How are you? I'm good. That's good. That's good. Uh, glad to have you on. It's been a while. Yeah, glad to be back. Good to have you here. Now, you remind me, we may have spoken about this on the podcast before, but you finished uni. I think we covered that. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. And Thank you, you got a new job. Now, remind me, is that in the field that you studied? That is in the field that I studied, Another congrats. which is nursing. Ooh. Awesome. Thank you. So basically going, what you're saying is going to uni was worth it. It seems to be. Oh, no. Nice. Oh, <laughs> I know. Oh. I wish what I could say the same. At the moment. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, that's good. How's it going? Yeah, it's going well. Uh, did, you want to sh- did you want to share <laughs> what you're doing for the people at home? Um, I mean, so I'm... Don't have to you know, know it. Just... I'm currently a nurse at a GP clinic, so oh, nothing too fancy. Nice. Excellent. That's a good way to start. Mm. Yeah. Look, speaking of doctors, don't maybe don't listen to last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, too late. <laughs> oh, you did listen? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. She's yeah, a right. nurse. She gets uh, it. That's <laughs> fair. Fair. Fair, right. Okay. Um, well, uh, Adam, Nathan, how are you guys? Splendid. I had a wedding on the weekend, so I had Ooh. to deal with like, I'm I, I reaching that point in my late 20s where hangovers just sort of last a bit longer than a day and I wasn't even going hard. So I've been a bit crusty for a few Ooh. days. Depends. Depends. What did you drink? I started, they had some weird cocktails. They had like three cocktails. There was like two mm. to choose from. So I was like, yeah, just throw them in me. They were vodka and tequila based. Me and tequila don't oh. get along. Um, I like tequila, but my stomach doesn't. And then I switched to South Blanks for the rest of the night because that was safe. Like, I could do beers or South Blanks. Yeah, right. It doesn't... I mean, it sounds it's, like the opposite. It's an odd transition, right, from cocktails to South Blanks, but... Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I mean, that's, I cruise well in red mm. wine. Like, it's safe for yeah. me. Yeah. Is red right. wine like... not notorious for giving you a shit hangover? Yeah, that's probably where say. I've gone wrong, but like I never, I can always manage and my pace well tequila. on red wine. Like I'm never vomiting and shit. I just feel a bit dirty after. 
Mm. But it, like beer and all that, yeah. Oh, yeah. tough times. <sighs> well, there you go. Eh? Uh, Adam, how are you? Why? Okay, you've got a standing desk. I do. Yes. The flex. Uh, yeah. Why are you bending down every time to? It's not every time. Talk. Don't give people the wrong impression. It was just for the the intro because I wanted to sound sensual. Oof, you did. See, how was the desk? Uh, it's excellent. So I've had it for like a full proper work week and it has made my life a lot better. I find all the, all the joints are a lot less sore now that I'm hour sitting, hour standing. It's yeah, it's a good old time. You change it up every hour? I try to, I find myself standing probably more than sitting, but I'm trying to do the, the hourly changeover. Um, but just as far as like doing well-played stuff, writing while standing is the absolute tits. That's where it's at. It is. It's good a good it's old legendary. time. Have you played games standing up yet? I haven't yet. Although I think I'll enjoy that as well because nice. everything is better while standing. I've decided I'm going to do everything standing from now on. Yep. Okay. Everything. I agree with you. Everything. All right. Look forward to hearing more about that. All right, shall we get into it? Because last week we had a pretty epic episode. This week's going to be a bit shorter, we hope. Uh, I'm sure we'll find plenty to discuss. So no one's... Mate, you got the old long neck VB? I've never had one before. (laughs) I did notice that. I've never had... I've never had VB before, ever. Really? And you know what? Great. Out of a a long neck, mate. I'm drinking it here and I'm like... For a commercial Juicy beer, it's not tea, half though. bad. I've been raised that it's absolute piss water. It's well, not trash. No, VB is all right, actually. I've been in Victoria for a couple of years now, and I thought it's got to happen, and I'll do it with my lovely I friends. I don't mind it. Normally <laughs> when I go to the football, uh, the pub I go to before the game uh, has VB, uh, and also Melbourne Bitter. I've heard uh, that the Melbourne like Bitter's it. a bit better than the VB. Yeah, Melbourne Bitter's pretty good, but VB is not too bad. You know, it tastes Too better bad. than a James Bogues, and I hope that generates some hate in the comments. Oh, right. Well, you're already uh, on the wrong side of <laughs> a few things, Tassie-wise. Actually, thank you for reminding me. Oh, here we go. Before we <laughs> get stuck into the episode, Nathan, you did a poll on Twitter. Yeah, mate. How'd that go for you? Yeah, you got shit all engagement, but I mean, that's just me on Twitter. I'm a pretty low-key operator. I wanted to put it out to the people regarding scallop pies, because it's, oh it's, it's doing my head in that this is not a thing. Like, I've grown up in such a bubble. So I've gone, you know, this idea of a scallop pie to the average Australian or, or, or person that tunes into whatever I'm putting out on, on the Twitter sphere, is it good? Is it bad? Or do you just feel quite, you know, dismayed by the very idea? And... No one's, no one will touch a scallop pie, apparently. Like, it's completely off the table. The very notion seems to offend many, but most won't even go near it. So, you know, um, I am learning a lot about my blessed white culture. Uh, apparently, I'm on the very wrong side of it. And uh, mm. Mm. But what, what do you know, Zach? So, I, I mean, I copped a bit of a, a, bit of a, a vote spanking as well. Okay. So. Well played put out a, a tweet, a vote tweet. Uh, only got 34 votes. A little bit sad about that. I actually did mean to retweet it a couple of times. Forgot both times. So uh, it didn't wasn't pushed to the top of people's feeds. So that's my fault. But uh, it was 
what is the best brand of tomato sauce? Because we had this hey, light debate last week. So 38.2% of the votes went to Heinz. 14.7% went to Rosella. I wonder why. 44.1% went to Master Foods. And other went to 2.9%. Now, I don't know if the two comments here are... Uh, I'm confused. So to both comments say Heinz ketchup. So I don't know if that's a separate thing to Heinz tomato sauce. I'm going to assume it is. It's probably a bit of a tangier flavor maybe. The ingredients uh, are going to be a, little, a slight bit different as I understand it. Right. Uh, and Fine. Ben Smith also says sriracha. I think that's how you say that. Oh, yeah, sriracha on a pie. I can get behind that. I can't uh, have sriracha, but I, I like it. Uh, and uh, Jeremy also says, also no love for Waddies. Both of those people uh, said Heinz Ketchup as well. So there you go. Apparently, I'm a fuckwit for liking Rosella. <laughs> <laughs> I got the the second most popular vote. So let's not completely count you out. But Heinz takes top spot, and no, rightfully come, so. No, no, I didn't. Mate, Heinz comes second. Mate. What are you? What plan are you on? Heinz got 38.1%, uh, 2%, sorry. Master Foods came in first. I just read in order of the poll. Ah, gross. It, I, I gave up after <laughs> I heard Heinz at the top there. Is it because oh, no, Master Foods if got you go to a supermarket, one. Is it because that Heinz and Master Foods seem to have the, the dominance on the shelf? Because I don't see Rosella stand out. Can you Ooh, even yeah, get they Rosella got market on the shelf share, anymore? Uh, yeah, you can get it on the shelf. Nah, you've got a special order. And <laughs> only send it in box of 20s. <laughs> Fuck, I'd buy that. Uh... Holly, did you vote in that poll? I did vote in that poll, and I voted cool. for Heinz. Yeah. And uh, yeah, could, right. could you elaborate why why Heinz for you? Is it is it cultural for you? Is it? Uh, um, did you grow up with Heinz? Do you, I grew do you up have Rosella in WA. She doesn't know Rosella. Really I've never had it. it. Try. Yeah, we, okay. actually no, do we do we do have it. We do have it. Do from it. When I worked at Woolies. See, I've never had it over. though, so I can't. Trust me, get on it. Put on the well played account. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll transfer you that four dollars over. Right. Right. I will. And you'll be converted. Alright. Thank you. Alright, let's get into video games. So no one's reviewed anything, so there's no reviews to talk about. But what have people been playing? Holly, let's start with you. You have been. You must have been playing something over the past few weeks. Um. That's like, what have I been playing? Um, I'm starting my pledge of Little Nightmares. Nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. The first, the, just the first one? The first one. Just the first one at the That's moment. Good. Yeah. Excellent. Did you and pledge both or just the first one? Just the first one at the moment. Yeah, and it's been good so far. Nice. But that's, but I will be jumping into Lego Star Wars. Oh, nice. I thought you'd be keen on that. Yeah. Mm. That's, uh, have yeah. you, have you picked it up? Is it cut, it's um, now. It came out today. I ordered yeah. it on Amazon and they've only That's just right. shipped it. Oh, Hopefully tomorrow. Oh, I'm so sorry. It probably won't be till next week. Mm. I'm going to cry. Uh, but we'll wait and see. That's right. I'll just smash out the pledge and... <laughs> yeah, I will. Good I don't go. think Little Nightmares is an overly long game. No. Or at least it's, no. it's very good pace. So you kind of... You breeze yeah. through it pretty yeah. well. Two or three sittings, I would say. Hmm. Mm. Nice. Uh, anything else, or is that pretty much it? That's pretty much it. Nice. 
Nathan, what do you got for us this week? What have you been spending your time doing? Uh, just two things. Uh, still got that Destiny bug because um, having played the review just sort of pulled me and it's a game that I normally try and avoid because it does dominate my time. But I've kind of hit a bit of a wall with the content. Like I've kind of breezed through what's there at the moment. I'm just kind of waiting for the next season to drop. And I haven't put that much time into it. Like I've seen pretty much the good good breadth of most of the content on two characters within the space of about 40 or 50 hours. Um, but but beside that, um, on, on the topic of pledges, I've now made headway into Dishonored 2, uh, which I've been putting off for quite some time because Dishonored, I've always thought as being one of those games that's kind of a bit demanding of your time. Like you, you want to get through a level in one sitting. You don't kind of want to break it up. I find if you save halfway through I a agree. level and come back, it's discombobulating. Uh, I really quite am enjoying that. I'm liking the, the more focused story and how it's progressing. The world design in that game is still stunning. Like the way they build mm-hmm. those worlds in Dishonored is like second to none. The art direction is phenomenal. And I can understand why they've branched down to other media. Like, I don't know if you know, but you can get like role-playing source books and that for Dishonored and stuff. And it's definitely a world that deserves that kind of treatment. So really, I, I, I think I'm most looking forward. There's a particular level I hear teased out, some kind of mechanical clockwork level or something that people keep saying, you know, one of the greatest levels of a first-person game and, haven't gotten there yet, but that's that's what's driving me forward. So, yeah, re- it's really a bit, nice. It's a, bit, a bit like the party level from the first one. Ah, which is my most. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's. I mean, like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying how that level is the standout. Very, yeah, uh, I've not played that level yet. I don't think. But this is a problem, man. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I think you know that Dis- Dishonored was my favorite game from the PS3 generation. Rightly so, like, yeah, yeah. Stand out. One of very few games I'd give it 10. Like, that's yeah. probably in my top, maybe even top five games of all time. I'm, I'm with you. I love it. I'm one of the few that would rate it higher than most, yeah. But I've not played the second one. It's um, not... I don't know why. It's not aging. Like, the thing is, as I went to it after after Deathloop, thinking that it's probably going to be a bit bit rusty, but no, it's it's... Mm-hmm. No, it's Brilliant. still good. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, I think I just... Um, You're saving it for a rainy day. Yeah, well, it's, it's one of those games that you just want to, like, you want to commit to. You have to. You want to have a good chunk of time. Yeah, so, I'm, like, it. I've started it. Like, I'm, I'm, like, 12 to 15 hours in, right? But as you said, like, I've got no fucking idea, like, what I've played. Um, yeah. I, so, it's yeah, not, I need to properly. Yeah, it, it just, it's not a friendly game for dipping in and out of at all. Mm. You want to give it your all. Nice. Uh, anything else you've been playing or is that it? Those are the key ones and uh, a lot of good times to be had. Nice. Adam, what do you got? Oh, I'm still getting spanked by Elden Ring, mate. <laughs> Someone had to mention it. Good on you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still... I haven't played a massive amount this week. Um, I've also ducked a little bit more into GT7 because I've got a mate that's fully obsessed with it. So I'm happy just to kind of duck in here and there, soup up a Fiat 500 and smash around a track. Um, and it's WrestleMania season, so I've ducked back into WWE 2K22 just to give it a bash here and there. But aside from that, I've not been I've not been around heaps this week. What about you, Zachary? Oh, uh, well, I finished um, Ghostwire, Tokyo. Nice. What are your so... What are your thoughts now that you've seen everything there is to see uh i don't know man like that game got super repetitive towards the end and 
yeah. I was just like, can this game just finish now? Not because I didn't like it, just because I was just sick of it. Yep. Um, yeah, that's fair. There's not quite enough there was, to keep you coming back, is there? Nah, it's... The story wasn't too bad. Like, it was... Like, the, the ending was okay. Like, it, it wasn't that bad. And I didn't think the boss fight was overly terrible either. Um, so that's good. But, yeah, it kind of... The combat doesn't evolve enough over the piece. There's just... Yeah, it needs, like, something. It needs a bit of arcane magic in there. It just gives Ooh, you something. Like, there, yeah. there's no... I don't know even with Arcane's one, like uh, Dishonored and stuff, they don't. I don't, don't think they evolve too much over time. Like I think once you unlock everything, probably like half or so way through. But even like they just feel so good to use. Like all the powers feel great, and there's more of them, so you can cycle between a few. Um, and the second like game also gives you augments as yeah. well, so you can like augment an ability yeah. one like several different ways. So there is quite mm. a little tweak. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, but this one was just, and the skill tree is bare bones. Like it's, uh, that thing is made out of, that, that skill tree is made out of plywood, mate. There you go. So that's a good way of putting can, it. Uh, <laughs> um, but I've also, t- speaking of pledges for me, I've been sunk a few hours into Ghost of Tsushima. Hey, look out. And I'm, mm. I'm quite liking it. Now I'm properly sitting down with it, uh, not focusing on anything else. So I was going to start GTA. I'm like, no, I need to stop starting all these different games. Open world gotta... games too. Yeah. So, no, but I'm I'm like it. I think I've just finished Act 1. Is it, There's three acts in it, yeah? Yeah. From memory? Yeah. yeah. I just rescued the person who gets yes. uh, captured first. Yeah, gotcha. Is, so, yeah. is the combat clicking for you now? Because that was a barrier for yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, because I kept coming, like, again, I kept coming back, not really understanding the controls, getting fucked off with it. Um, God, this is shit out, so I don't, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but now I'm having a good time. And now that I've unlocked a couple of different stances, uh, especially one stance that deals with those red attacks. Um, yeah, I know yeah, that you were, you were getting it. sick yeah. of um, rolling out of the way last I spoke to you, so yeah. I'm glad that, because I think when you brought that up with me, I just kind of... I didn't have any immediate advice other than just keep plugging through and it will happen mm. and you'll be able to deal with it. So I'm glad that you've, you've reached that now. The other thing is, is I'm not, I'm not a blocker. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a parry <laughs> guy. I'm just an attack. I'm a, I'm hundred percent attack. Don't defend baby. Um, so Good. that's what, that's what they're alive does to me, you know, just <laughs> with big old Jan Lee, baby, just bloody, that's not where no I thought we defense. were going with that at all. <laughs> I love um, it. So I think you know I'm 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 learning to block, but that 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 fight that you do, uh, right before you rescue the character I'm talking uh, about yeah. against uh, one of one of those characters, mm-hmm. um, that's a very very cool fight. It's very like cinematic and like the, the like the lanterns in the in the lake or yeah. that puddle kind of thing. It, it looks very cool actual combat wise and, and mechanically it's a bit it's a bit naff but um it looks well like and it plays well so yeah there are three or four similar fights like that where it is just completely one-on-one that are visually spectacular especially towards yeah. the back end there is yeah there's some some really great moments because in those fights you can't use like your kunai's or whatever they're called again no, they're very um, skill based yeah yeah yep. so and then they just like, I feel, yeah, I like 
they're just not overly realistic either. Like obviously because you got to slash them 50 times before they die. Well, not die, but, you know, before they whatever. So, mate, if I could take 50 sword slashes, I'd be... I'd be a machine. Anyway, uh, I also started playing to this evening Resident Evil 4 again the P- on PS4 with Anna because she sort of wanted to play it. As Good my stuff. second favorite game of all time, that game has not, the controls of that game have not aged very well at all. Do you not um, reckon? I only played that maybe like a year uh, and a half ago and I, I thought it kind of held up all right. Uh, no, I'm struggling a lot. Yeah, right. Because uh, it uses the it uses the left analog instead of the two. Uh, it uses both analogs when you shoot from memory, mm-hmm. but movement and around the world, it's only the left one. It's just my brain needs to readapt to yeah. uh, to playing that. Um, but there's just like a lot of old game design in that in that game. Like you can yeah. tell, like it's from you know it is like quite an old game because you know when you whenever you pick up, uh herbs or money like you know every time that you pick up money it goes to that screen where it's like you've picked up yeah 100 gold 100 gold it's like you know new like new games would just have it like displayed in the corner or in the ui or something you're right but i'm so pleased that you've mentioned this because the vr port fixes all of that yeah right and like it it reinvigorates the controls and everything it just like it completely dismantles those hurdles and goes just play it like you would a first-person action game and, you know, mm. it just takes you off the rails. Um, I haven't played it myself, but just watching other people play it and seeing that it solves those issues while still staying completely true to the experience and then elevating the spookiness of it because when you're in VR, it's a complete sensory yeah. experience. Um, I'm very eager to... I, I, I haven't... I've had the same inkling as you to replay it because I agree with you. Phenomenal game, you know, top 10, beautiful yeah. thing. I'm going to hold off. I'm going to play it in VR next. But mm. I think you can only play it on the Oculus Quest 2, which I don't have. So I'll, I'll wait a little bit. I'm sure they'll expand yeah. it and port it to another Oculus or something like that. We'll see. Yeah, well, I'm thinking about even just pulling out now and waiting for the actual remake. But that could be that could still be a while off. Let's hope not. <laughs> Let's hope not. Uh, but that's pretty much me, I think, for this week. Nice. Uh, yes, that's it. That's all me. Right, so that's pretty much. No, hi, hi, hi. Adam. Hello. You have Lego Star Wars. I do. Have, yes. you, have you touched it? I have. I have. This somewhat controversially, I've started at episode one, A Phantom Menace, and I'm going to go through chronologically. Yeah. Um, realistically, I should have started with. Uh, episode seven and gotten those out of the way first, but I've decided going from one through to nine is going to be the way I go about it. I have finished Phantom Menace um, and oh, Holly, you are going to have a grand old time. It is incredibly fun. Uh, Key and I are actually going to play a bit of co-op this evening. Good. Um, but yeah, I've played only played by myself. The, the, character roster is ridiculous i think there's like 380 characters that you can unlock which is insane um but it i think the the main takeaway from the small part that i've played is it makes 
the old Lego games feel incredibly of their time. Yeah. Like, they're still fun in their own right, I'm sure, but like the, the Resident Evil 4, you probably, Zach, going in, had an idea as to what you remember it as, and it's probably a lot different to what it actually is now. That's that's what I had for, for this. Like, the Lego games always used to be... Oh, cool. It's a, a Lego franchise. You buy it for the franchise because you're not buying it for the gameplay because the gameplay is going to be pretty well the same across the board. Yeah. Um, this changes, yeah, changes everything. Combat has combos. It's different between, like, the uh, the bounty hunters and the, the Jedi, the dark side, the smugglers. They all have a different, like, gameplay hook, and it's all a much tighter camera angle. It's more third person, so you feel a lot closer to everything. And it's a fucking great Star Wars game. Like, they just understand the product and all of the, the references and little nods here and there are just great. And you get to explore everything in way more detail than you would expect. So, massive thumbs up from me for the, the short, maybe two hours that I've played of it so far. Can't wait to play more. Two hours and you knocked off episode one. Did you knock off episode one? Or are you still there? Yes. Yep. No, I've, I've, I've sorted out episode one. So, it took me... I'd say roughly two hours, but I I breezed through pretty well everything. Yeah, so I all didn't... those collectibles and shit. Yeah, and I very much plan on going back to them, but after I unlock free play mode and get a few extra characters so I can unlock all of the different bits and pieces. But yeah, say it's, you know, around two hours playtime for each, nine movies, 18 hours, that's pretty good in its own right. But for, once for you go round, back yeah. through... Yeah, once you go back through having unlocked free play and you have all those characters to muck around with and maybe you want to go back through and play it with someone else in co-op, like, there's there's a lot of game. There's a lot of game there, and I'm excited to see what other little secrets and hidden bits and pieces there are. Very, very keen. Nice. Very cool. Well, we look forward to the review for that one. Uh, well, that's pretty much it, isn't it? What a spicy month April's looking to be. Thank you for Uh, listening to the Well Played Podcast. Uh, So, speaking of April, let's do quick jorts, because I know it should be quick, because there's not many games that are... Yeah, I've talked about mine. Just then. All right. All right. Anyone got any games in in April that uh, they're key for? Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of ones here and there. So the the two there's oh. two big ones for me, and obviously one we've just discussed is Lego Star Wars. And I'm assuming like uh, maybe uh, half of us here, maybe two thirds of us here, or three quarters rather, we, we we played it in our childhoods. Like, did you folks give those? Yeah, weren't they good? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was playing the Lego Star Wars back on the PlayStation Two with my brothers, and we're having such a good time. Um, I played Lego Island. Does that count? Oh yeah, look, I played Lego Island as well. Um, different flavor, but still, you know, as a child using your imagination, still a heck of a time. Um, it would have aged like absolute garbage. <laughs> um, but of course, the I'm a sucker for a little bit of a time sink. So Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition, is on the way, and that should be out by the time this podcast is up, I believe. Uh, so, yeah, another JRPG to stick on the Switch and carry me through to winter if I'm lucky. I haven't finished it. Uh, I've only played a little bit of it before. So that's one I'm really excited for. 
as a JRPG, and then one that I think is just kind of maybe on the periphery of my interest, and I know I think Mark's kind of expressed some interest in it as well, is I think it's called like, I'm going to get this wrong, so I'm going to quickly look it up, but Chinatown Detective Agency? Yeah, Chinatown Mm -hmm. Detective Agency. This one looks visually really interesting. It's got this really neon lit sort of pixelized, almost 90s looking uh, point and click uh, detective adventure game. Uh, I'm a sucker for a, a fleshed out point and click with a really interesting visual aesthetic, and that this it definitely has this in spades. I don't know we much about it. We actually have a preview on the on the website. We have a preview on the website. Well, we that's we uh, flown under my radar, so I'm going to have to do a little bit of reading. So I've only really looked into this over the past couple of days, just as I've looked through April, just trawling through April to try and see what's interesting and. Look, there's probably loads interesting. There's just not a lot that's previously come across my radar that I know what to expect from it. So this one stood out visually. So could be interesting. I'll give it a read. Nice. Uh, Holly, you got anything for jorts? Uh, so again, I'm just waiting for my copy of Lego Star Wars to come, which I'll smash through. Yes. And then at the end of the month, I'm looking forward to Switch Sports. Because okay. I was very keen of Wii Sports and can't wait to dominate people. What's your most anticipated sport? Oh, um, I wouldn't mind trying some of the newer ones, so like badminton. But actually, okay. that would probably be like tennis <laughs> yeah. and maybe even golf. Yeah, golf appeals to me, I think. We'll see. Mm-hmm. When that comes out, I think that comes out slightly after the actual release. Yes. From what I've read. Bummer, because that's probably the one yeah. I'm most keen for. Oh, well. <laughs> it's got to be bowling. What are you talking about? Oh. It has to be bowling. I was about to say bowling as well. Go on, Nathan. Have a go at me. I, I can like smell the, it. The bowling in the... I remember playing bowling back in the day, and I felt like it was the most janky shit. Like, you could just, like, sort of flick your wrist and get, like, you know, you, you'll be knocking pins left, right, and centre, getting the brilliant scores just with the most least effort. Like, if you actually try and do, like, a proper swing, you're probably just going to gutter ball it. Or on the wrist, Mate, my if friend. you want to do a proper swing, actually go bowling. If you want to hear the <laughs> that wonderful narrator say turkey, then you play <laughs> then you play wee bowling. Mate. I'm only in it it's for such yeah, a I'm good in time. it for the announcer and the soundtrack. I'm in it for the turkey, man. Give me that turkey any day of the week. Bowling it is. Hold Zach, on. what's your favorite Wii sport, mate? <laughs> Give it to us. Uh Badminton. Yeah. <laughs> You fucked it. He's fucked it, ladies and gentlemen. Nicely done. That's, that's not in? Nah, not in Wii Sports, mate. Not in Wii Sports. That's, <laughs> that's a new addition. You tried, though. Um, he had his ears what open. About, what about... Nah. Don't know. Don't know. Nicely done. Sorry. That's all right. Uh, all right. So for me, for my jorts, actually having a quick look here and... I'm surprised I didn't know about this game was coming out. It's coming out in King 13 Arthur. days. And I'm King Arthur. Well, <laughs> yes. that keeps getting delayed. That literally gets delayed every month. I go, yeah, no, King Arthur, I'm keen for this month. And they push it a month. So Did you ever play King Arthur, any of the old ones in that series? Because it's an established no. franchise, that one. No, I did not. Yeah, so the old ones are kind of like the Total War games. Yeah, right. Yeah. I didn't mind them. Uh, a bit janky. Yeah. But this one, yeah, keen to check it out, but... Who knows if it'll even come out this month. That's for April 26. A uh, little bit keen to see how this Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt goes. The Battle Royale game. Apparently it's not 
too bad, but I don't. I think I could be incorrect in saying that. Happy to could be, be proven bar- wrong. Yeah, right. Uh, however, the the main game is Winter Ember from the Melbourne developer Sky Machine Studios. Yes, uh, and Blowfish are publishing that. That actually comes out oh, this in thirteen one. days. Yeah, I didn't even. I wasn't even even uh, aware that this game had a, had a release date. So yep, yep, yep. yeah, right. That's I remember up, didn't it? this. Nice. Um, so yeah, keen to check that out. Better get a move on and get some code for that, so I can actually review it. Um, that's, that's pretty much it, though. There's not much else doing in April, so a good month to check out. Uh, Catch up on some pledges, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. All right. Before we move on, a quick, couple of quick shout-outs. Uh, so Joshua Risks, Ricks, how do you say that? I should, should know it. Uh, did a review for Moss Book 2, which has just gone live on the website. Uh, he scored that a 9.5. Oh, my. Yes, wow. Huge. Saying it. Moss Book Two is an outstanding sequel, improving on the great fa- on the great foundations of the first game, making it one of PS PS PSVR's <laughs> must-play titles, even in twenty twenty two. So there you go, nine point five Moss Book Two. Did anyone play Moss Book Moss One? No, but I do have a very quick story about it. When I was studying oh, in the Netherlands. Um, one of my neighbours was doing a business studies course. A really sweet Swedish guy. Absolutely love him. Shout out to Anton. But he... Um, Big fan of the show, I heard. <laughs> massive over there. Over in the Sweden, we've got a huge audience. Mate, he, uh, he came home from class one day and he just he's, like the, he's just a ray of sunshine. But he had tears in his eyes. He seemed really distraught and just absolutely devastated. My heart broke because this, this guy's just sunshine all the time. I asked him what's wrong and he said, oh, lots of people in my class have just finished and just got absolutely chewed out and berated by someone and absolutely devastated us. And I said, oh no, what's this? And anyway, we got to talk and he mentioned Moss. And I go, he goes, it's something to do with this video game Moss. And I go, oh, I know about this video game Moss. He goes, yeah. Um, One of the, I don't want to say it was a producer, but someone that had some kind of authority over a team, it might've been their music team or something, um, went to his business studies class and they had to sort of give pictures about how they would probably approach um, business practices to do with marketing the game. And this guy then, so everyone in their teams gave their little presentation. The dude walks to the front of the class, the, the dude associated with Moss, and he, he basically goes, he goes, full Dutchman, he goes, this is one of the worst presentations I've ever seen. You're all failed. I'm absolutely disgusted with a lot of yous. Don't ever get into games. You're all pathetic. I'm so disappointed in all of you. Now, the context here is when you're in the Netherlands, some people just talk like that. They're not being rude. They're just, they give feedback in a very direct way. Just the Dutch. But I remember um, thinking like, oh, okay. So that's my little story about Moss. And it's probably a fantastic game. It might bring tears to your eyes, hopefully for the right reasons. But yeah. Yeah, right. Look, <laughs> the, the best part about that story is I'm sad you didn't use a Scandinavian joke when you said the word Finnish. So. Ah, oh, but. Oh, no. <laughs> well, so, uh, Finland, are they Scandinavian? That one's a bit up for debate as well. They're literally next to one another. Yeah, but they're not. The Scandinavian countries is Denmark, Norway, mm. and Sweden. Mm, are they? Yes, whereas oh, yeah. Finland borders on Russia. So. 
depending on who you talk mm. to, they're like, are they kind of Russian? Are they kind of Scandinavian? They kind of sit between the two. Because mm. they're not on the they're not on the Scandinavian peninsula. They're on the back end of it. Uh, well, from what I'm reading here, they're part of part of Scandinavia. Hmm. You on Wikipedia? I'm on Google, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Never question. <laughs> it's, uh, I just hate that you've done this. <laughs> Finland, Finland is part of Scandinavia.com.au. Uh, what? .au? Damn it. Um, no, look, there's... Beautiful like, country. It's a mix of... I'm getting some mixed results here, so... Uh... Yeah, I get mixed results too. <laughs> How contentious. Video games, eh? Love them. Mm. Hate them. <laughs> Moss Book 2, 9.5. It's, uh, look, I, I'm, I'm very disappointed that I never played Moss when I had my both my PlayStation VR and Oculus Rift. Uh, Going to have to amend that in the future because these games look brilliant. Nice. <laughs> um... Saved it. Sorry, just looking at uh, Google some more. Uh, You're going to really upset the Finnish listeners, mate. I know. Mate, they're probably so finished pissed. with this podcast. They're going to be real cold on you. So, uh, where are we? Sorry, sorry. Okay, yes, shout outs. Uh, I haven't got this review up, so there is uh, Alex Beatty, I think is how you say that, from who also writes at Checkpoint. They are doing a, or they've, sorry, they've reviewed Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Dawn of Ragnarok, the DLC. Uh, They've scored it a 7 out of 10 here, and they have said, Assassin's Creed Dawn of Ragnarok is a no-brainer for those looking for a solid outing into an RPG game DLC. Uh, It expands the scope of the original game in a direction that is quite fantastical and will leave you craving even more fantasy content. With a gorgeous world and story to match, it's bound to pull you in for one last stab at the game. It's a taste of just how far an Assassin's Creed game will go for a leap of faith. <laughs> nice. Hey. Um, there you go. Check out the reviews for those games on the website. Hopefully they're all up if I get time to do that one. Um, now, so with the news last week that PS Plus... Uh, sorry, of, of the, the new PS Plus, uh, which will include classic playstation games unfortunately not ps3 games uh, in australia just yet uh, i thought we would discuss very very quickly uh or briefly a what games we are hoping to see on the service so it doesn't it can be psp it can be ps2 it can be ps1 i don't know if anyone's got ps3 games i was gonna ask you i, I i've got a couple but i also That's had right, follow-ups I mean, just in case we weren't doing ps3 so i'll put those aside They'll be honourable mentions. Ex- yeah, I probably didn't explain it too well because I, I, in my head, I was like the games that are going to be that we'll have access to. But For if you want to, yeah. if if you want to mention a PS3 game, that's that's fine by me. I'm okay with that. Holly, do you want to kick us off with one of your games or your three uh, games? So the three games I have are the original Tomb Raiders because I'm not nice. them. They're classic. Um, do you have a favourite? Ooh. Probably number two. Yeah, solid. Okay, okay. Yeah, two's okay. probably mine as well. Um, Did you lock the butler in the fridge? <laughs> yes, I was going to say, that was the, that's pretty much all I remember doing. <laughs> and as someone who's worked in, who's like been in a walk-in freezer and fridge, 
Yeah, Paul Butler. Jeez. <laughs> Have <laughs> you been locked in a freezer before with the lights turned off after being squirted with the fire hose? <laughs> I cannot, cannot say I have. Shout-outs to uh, people who have worked at the Jailhouse Grill as they did that to me uh, multiple times. <laughs> what? How did you keep falling for it, you fool? Um, <laughs> they're, like, standing there with the fire hose and they're like, Zach, there's a cake in the fridge. Can you just go and grab it for us? No, unfortunately it wasn't. No, there's there's more context to these stories, but that's for another time. <laughs> huh. It was baited in. It wasn't cake. Mm. Not the cake you're no. thinking of. Wow. Okay. Um, oh god. What's the third third game? No, second game. Sorry. Uh, second game uh, again. Series so the Sly Cooper. Hey. Okay. Hey. Very nice. We like that. Because I'm I miss those ones. Um, the third one's actually. A PlayStation 3 game, so it's not available. It wasn't actually released originally on PlayStation, and it was re um, like digitally redone. And it's a game called Jet Set Radio, mm-hmm. and nice. you're actually like nice. going around on a skateboard and doing graffiti. But nice. Yeah, that's my PlayStation. Cool, free one. Lovely, mm-hmm. Adam. What are you uh, What are you hoping to see on PS Plus when it launches? I have three PS1 games, which is going directly against what I said the other week when I said, no, 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 I don't want PS1 and PS2 games. I only want PS3 games. Well, I'm a fucking hypocrite, it turns out. Um, I've got fond memories of the original Spider-Man game on PS1 where the entirety of the the streets of Manhattan was covered with a thick layer of fog, otherwise known as limitations of the console. Um, but there's some, some really cool classic moments from that game that I'd like to, to jump in and play again. Uh, Tekken three, because I think that is the best game of the Tekken series. Nah, don't scrunch up your face at me. Now I, I tossed up between two and three. Three, I just have. Who's your favorite fighter from three? With the, the big big leg kicks, man. man. He's, he's the fucking best. Mate, you've almost got a head like him a little bit. Yeah, that's that's my that's my inspiration. Yep, he is. Uh, but yeah, Tekken Three um, is where I think mainly I just have fond memories because my brother and I used to play it nonstop. So I think it's mainly nostalgia and good memories that that put it over Tekken Two. The the last one and the one that I think I would genuinely go back to is a game called Speed Freaks, which is a little kart racer that was on PS One that kicks all kinds of ass and i never hear people talk about it and i think it deserves i wonder why i think it deserves a bit more love now nah, up here it's the game's nah, it's excellent game. and I didn't play that. yeah i think it's a at when i was a kid because i had played both speed freaks and mario kart i much preferred speed freaks and i was like oh yeah this is the absolute best and then i watched mario kart absolutely shit all over it for like two decades but Hey, you know, you win some, you lose some. But uh, Speed Freaks is the top of my list. I want to see that. I wanted to, you know, there's there's obviously the Time Splitters games and whatnot, but we've got other ways of playing those currently. So, yeah, yeah, those are the ones that aren't super accessible to us right now that I'd like to see. Nice. Nathan, what are you uh, hoping to see? Yeah, so I'll leave the honourable mentions for afterwards, but the first one I've got here... Look, mine are kind of obscure. They're, they're ones that I think are hard kind of hard to track down or would, would do well in a resurgence today. And that would be... Uh, first off, I've got a bit, bit hypocritical of me too. PSP title, Tactics Ogre, Let Us Cling Together. Long title here. 
what that is effectively is a, a strategy RPG in the vein of like, um, uh, what is it, triangle strategy or Final Fantasy Tactics, a sort of isometric turn-based strategy game. Uh, really, really dense game, this one, and it's quite old, but um, the Let Us Clean Together was effectively a remake and visually updated it. Really, really cool. Another one I've got here is Burnout Revenge. As we know, the best of the Burnout games. Yes. Uh, it, it could have either been a toss-up between 3 or Revenge. I thought Revenge was a little bit more lenient in terms of its like on-road destruction mechanics. Like In, Reve- in, in Burnout 3, if you sort of hit a car side-on, you can probably just to- total yourself. But uh, Revenge, everything goes. So absolute chaos. Love that. And this one's definitely a nostalgia trip for me. Again, something I played with my brothers and got a lot of joy out of. And I'm not sure how it would hold up today, but it really blew me away back in the day. That bit would be... It would. Ha- it has to be a SmackDown versus Raw title prior to 2008. Because 2008 is when they switched grapples to like analog sticks, and I didn't like that. So 2007, perhaps, was probably the last I might go for. Because for me, that's where I, it felt most pick up and play for me. Like I could put a controller in any of my friends' hands, go pick a character, we'll go into a pillow fight match, we'll have some fun. Like and they'll just get it immediately. Gets more complex after two thousand and seven. Those are my three primary picks. Nice. The greatest thing about the WWE games at that stage is you can pick so many before that time period. Yes. Like before they switch to the analog stick. Yes. Oh, there are so many before that that are absolute bangers a treasure so trove got, yeah yeah you've got a smorgasbord of games to pick from there so good Even, good picks yeah Love the, it. the smackdown games before they did smackdown versus raw yeah, and all that they smackdown, all had a lot of heart yeah, yeah yeah exactly man. such a good time hit a sack See, what you got well i could easily just give you three predictable options right <laughs> so i was like oh I'm, I'm gonna not go there i'm gonna go a little Different ones, some different ones. So, first choice is Dark Watch, which I have spoken about yep. before. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yep, nice. Underrated, underloved. Uh, would definitely play that again. I really actually want to buy a copy because uh, my copy is no longer with me. That would have to be uh, a hard uh, one to track down to get a power copy of that. Yeah, it's expensive. It's it's too expensive for what I'm willing to pay for the amount I, w- I would probably play it. Because yeah. it probably runs like ass as well. Uh, second choice is the Siphon Filter games. Okay. So I've not played yeah, them for a yeah. long, long time. So I'm, I'm keen to play them again. Third one, uh, it actually is the early Silent Hill lot, uh, games as well. Yeah, boy. Because I've only nice. played them once the, as opposed to the RE games, which I've played several times. So uh, I haven't played Silent Hill, what, like the first one since... Uh, on PlayStation 1, so it's been a long time. So I'd love to see them come back, even though, again, they probably don't... They probably run a bit bummed. But, I was surprised, because uh, I played through 2 and 3 in the past couple of years, and mm. admittedly I played the HD collection, which is apparently, like, the worst way to play right. them, and it ran like oh, shot, right. but the gameplay was... You know, I had, mm. had a blast. I thought it aged brilliantly, other than the fact they were bad ports. Yeah. Uh, the very, very quick honourable mentions for me. So the predictable ones were your Dino Crisis. I yeah. uh, would love that. Uh, your Oni Mushes. Yes, oh, I love those games. Yep. Uh, and then the third one would be Road Rash. How? So they're the, they're, the th- they're the three predictable ones. 
The one that I was toying between, just quickly want to give a shout out to, would be Parasite Eve. So okay. that would be yeah. the the other one. That's niche. Uh, again, have haven't played those since PS One days, so you know it's been forever. Uh, Jordan wants to me to give a shout out to Cooler World, so <laughs> we'll give a shout out to Cooler World for that. Uh, honorable mentions, Nathan. What do you got? Yeah, firstly, I just want to say I haven't played Parasite Eve. Like, I played The Third Birthday, which came out on the PSP, which I think was a sequel mm. to the originals, but I would love to play the originals. Um, the quick ones I've got here is the Metal Gear Solid HD collection, so PS3 title that gives you Metal Gear Solid 2, 3, and Peace Walker. And I think those games still hold up tremendously well, so it'd be great to get those. Uh, Folklore, which is a real niche JRPG that's really hard to track down in the power. Uh, I think, you know, that, that could definitely appeal to a very niche JRPG crowd, including myself. And a couple of funny ones here. So, uh, look, Rocksteady, prior to the Batman games, bought out a game on the PlayStation 2 called Urban Chaos Right Response. It's a first-person shooter game. Really, really interesting. Came out at the end of the PlayStation 2's lifespan. Looked right. really good for a PlayStation 2 game. Uh, the copy I had was bugged, so um, it would it would just crash every about every hour on the hour. So I never played more than the first hour, but the first hour blew me away. It was kind of this... Yeah, you're playing a right response team and it, it looked really good and the first-person shooter mechanics were really tight. Love to see that. And the last one I've got here, I think this one's really special, is 50 Cent Bulletproof. What? 50 um, Cent Bulletproof. That game, I enjoyed nah. it more for the soundtrack than the gameplay, but would still give it a ride today if licensing meant that we get to keep the original soundtrack as it was. The game, yeah, game is surprisingly awesome. It's it's a light action game. Like it's not gonna it's not gonna wow you. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it was amusing. It's entertaining. It's way more entertaining than it should have a been. game with <laughs> with fifty cents name slapped on it. Yeah, yeah. I never played yeah. the sequel though. Nah, I think that's a bit pants anyway. So I think you're probably safe. Uh, those are my honourable mentions. <laughs> nice. Anyone uh, got any other honourable mentions? My honourable mention was the Sly Cooper franchise. Yeah. So Holly's already ticked that off. I'd love to see that come back. Absolutely. You do, you do love your kid games? Don't you? <laughs> nah, Ooh, do you're in know. rough company tonight. No, nah, nah, they're good. Like I, I have played those and yeah, no, nah, they're pretty They're fun. hard though. The, other... the number one is so hard. I went back to play yeah, a couple of years it's back. It's brutal, isn't it? Holly, you got any honorable mentions? Uh, Adam mentioned mine, which was Spider-Man 2000. Yes. Love <laughs> yeah. it. I'm just, I just had a quick <laughs> glance over at my uh, PS2 collection here. And the only one that I would be in- interested to see how it would go down would be uh, the Resident Evil Outbreak games. Did anyone Ooh, ever play those? They're the, um, are they the on-rails ones? No, they're the like they're the online ones. Oh. PS2 online, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I never played them. Yeah, they're good. Um... But obviously, I never played with anybody. Uh, sad face, I know. Yeah, bit like it, bit like Umbrella Corp. Say, eh? um, but you you would have been in Tassie with like practically no internet when that was a thing, right? Yeah, mate. No, I don't think Wi-Fi was nah, existed we, back then. We just had sticks and stones. Yeah, I still pitches. had a I had a Nokia, <laughs> mate. I was playing Snake. Yeah, um, no. I was playing Snake in in between loading screens. Anyway, but yeah, so those. You know, you go. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in and I'm just like, you know, that, that old fellow who used to come around here, KV. Um, I reckon he probably would have weighed in on this with a little title from Square Enix called The Bouncer. He 
would he would love that and Fighting Force. Oh, how good was Fighting Force? Remember, did anyone ever play that? Fighting PS One. Fighting Force. Mate, get on get on your beat 'em ups, bro. Like seriously. Oh yeah, I'm not much of a beat 'em up. <laughs> he he would say also Final Fantasy Seven. But he doesn't need to because that's on every platform already. No, nah, no, I'm kidding. He'd say <laughs> Final Fantasy Eight because he loves that. Eight's been remastered like two years ago. Yeah, but he would love to play the original. I bet you. <laughs> He'd love that, wouldn't you? Uh, all right, um, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> let's go to the news, and I'm going. Jordan, cue the news music. Oh well, now we need news music. Um, fuck! I don't even have a doco up. I'm shit. Useless, mate. Start with the big one that's just come out. Return to Monkey Island. Massive, that is. I was going to save that right for the end, but see, you brought up now. That's right. We'll go with that one now. Very late. Um, So, Return to Monkey Island is a new game in the Monkey Island series. It's been announced. uh, It's coming this year. It's been published by Devolver, which I was somewhat surprised by. Right, yeah. Good on him. But it's made by Lucas... Lucasfilm, LucasArts. LucasArts? In association mm. with Lucasfilm Games. Yeah, right, okay, cool. <sighs> yeah. There you go, yeah. Um, big old Ron Gilbert uh, tweeted out that this is something they've been working on for the past two years. Uh, great. I'm very, very glad that it didn't, uh, didn't leak. Yep. Makes the announcement much more exciting. Uh, but, yeah, so old Guybrush Threepwood... Uh, our mate, big fan of the podcast, uh, he is coming back to for another adventure. Anyone, surely you guys are all super young. Uh, I'm going to go with Nathan. Nathan played Monkey Island. I've played a little bit of the special edition of the original, which I thought was a very tastefully little up res. But the one that I've put the most time into was actually, and you probably won't like me for this, but it was the Telltale ones, the Tales of Monkey Island. They did like a five episode run, Telltale Games. Yep. And I loved the writing in those. But uh, the gameplay mechanics kind of had the best <laughs> and the worst of point and click games. Like it it, uh, it suffered from poor telegraphing. So you would still do that thing where you click everything in the environment and you get a little bit lost. Um, but, you know, for me, like that was my first big impression of just how infectiously humorous the writing in the monkey island games can be and it is a bit of a crime to myself that i haven't gone back and played the original three and i absolutely would love to and this might get me on there yeah i have not played them for a long 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 time so i i did i think i bought all the series last year or the year before so i with you know planning to go back and play them so I think you're right. This is definitely going to encourage me to go back and do so. But just on the comedy, it's interesting because you would listen to the interview I did with Big Charles Cecil. Did you listen to that? I listened to half of it. I'll take that. Look, uh, <laughs> you, but, you reminded you know, me many times, so yes. Um, but uh, so yeah, for those listening and go, who the fuck's that? Uh, he's the guy that created Broken Sword or his studio, Revolution, created Broken Sword. Um, and they're, they're very, very different. And I know, I know that I 
bring this up because Nathan, I know that you and I have spoken about Broken Sword we before. We love Broken Sword. Yep. Um, but and you know the writing is excellent in in both games, so both Monkey Island and Broken Sword. But they're both very very different. Uh, and Charles was um, writing. Sorry, when he was when I was interviewing him, he was talking about how they didn't want to go down the slapstick sort of route. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. So just and the point of that is, I, I'm I'm curious to see how it is in 2022 as to how they deliver and if it can hold up and. Because it's been, uh, as Adam says here in his news piece, it's been 31 years. So the, it's the last game in the Monkey Island series was 1991, LeChuck's Revenge. Really? Um, the last one that Old Mate had anything to do with. Sorry, there before sorry. The, that's, where, I, that's where the game's picking up from. It's it's ignoring the rest of the, the games and it's a direct sequel yes, from one sorry. and two. I probably should have read... Um, the actual news piece that you wrote my apologies but yeah so this is a, a sequel to that uh, to 1991's LeChuck's Revenge um, but yeah it's going to be in- interesting to see if the magic holds up what do we think of the because I'm assuming we've all seen the the trailer what do we think of the cutest shit art style that it's got oh it's, it's yeah. exactly what you want yeah yeah it's uh, it's monkey on isn't it like yeah. I love it and it's like it's got it looks modern enough um, without being a massive departure. That's what I was thinking. I thought it, yeah. it, it does... A, obviously, we only saw a very small snippet, but mm. it does a really great job of looking old school but up to date. It's, yeah, mm. it's very, very, very cool. I'm, I haven't touched the, the Monkey Island series, but this all the, the hype around this that I've seen today and just the the excitement from people very much makes me want to, to go back yeah. to them. But it's funny, like, uh, um, I wonder how many uh, people actually remember those games because those games, like, those puzzles can be fucking hard, man. Like, some <laughs> of those puzzles in those games can be really hard. Like, and uh, how do I phrase this? They can be obscure where you got to try and yeah. use every combination of items, try every fucking thing and... That can bring down that. That's one of the I think the downsides of these games is, uh, especially like the older ones, is they don't. Uh, and that's why I've always really, really loved uh, Charles Cecil's work in Revolutions because they're a bit more grounded. Um, you know, they can be a bit hard, the goat puzzle. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm very keen, very keen. Coming out this year, uh, I don't actually remember. Did it say PC only? I would assume so. They haven't specified yet. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, I would guess it's going to be PC only. Hey, dumb, dumb question. Do you know how many titles there are in the base Monkey Island series? Like in the core series? Four? I think technically I, I think say, there's... I want to say six. I th- no. Yeah. I'm... I'm just looking at Steam and I see, you know, I see... Secret, I see LeChuck's Revenge, so one and two. And I also see Curse, I see Escape. There's obviously the Telltale one, we're not counting that. Yeah, Secret, LeChuck's Revenge, so three, four, five. uh, Yeah, so six, so this will be six. One, two. I'm seeing four on Steam. Sorry, this will be five, Uh, yes. Yeah, four. I was close. It's a, uh, it's a good little chunky bit of content to stick on the pledges. Yeah. yeah so the other the other thing just quickly on this, and this is sort of why I wanted to talk about last because I thought this would be our probably our biggest topic. Um, you know, I fucking could talk about point clicks all day, but um, 
I follow a lot of point and click developers and the response has been good, but also concerning. Um, a couple people have tweeted from what I've seen is that, that is that they're worried this, this is going to overshadow their game. Like, you know, um, but a lot of people, and I actually agree with this later uh, thinking, is that this is actually going to shine a light on the genre. It's, I think it'll give a bit of, you know, it'll reinvigorate in a way the um, the genre, I hope, and, and, you know, shine light on these other games and give them more exposure, you know, because we love, we love exposure, don't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> love a bit of exposure. Exposing ourselves? Anyway, no, nah, never mind. Well, I was going to say, that's what we get paid. <laughs> but, yeah, know? like, are we going to see a, a, a little <laughs> bit of a resurgence in point-and-click games over the next 12 months? It's not it's not unlikely. Well, I would say if you've, if you if you're a fan of that genre, like, if you're a proper fan, you know. A, a true fan. If you're a true fan, you know, if you're me, um, there, there would, you know, there's that genre is thriving because uh, yeah. of indie developers. Like there's They've done all the heavy tons music. and tons of games. You know, there's tons of games every year that come out. Um, uh, and for those who have slid in, into my DMs with uh, codes for point-and-click games, I, I'll look at them, maybe. Um, appreciate that. All right, let's move on from that. So other quick news, E3 2022 has been cancelled. Uh, they are hoping to come back bigger and better next year. Um, it was posted by IGN originally. Uh, I believe uh, Adam's written here that event organisers have cancelled E3 2022. Uh, an email that had been sent to all involved uh explained that the show had been cancelled with uh they were focusing all of its resources all their resources on e3 2023 uh uh yeah do we think what do we think about this does anyone care anymore about e3 yeah i mean we've done a pandemic without them it kind of seems like the days of relevance are numbered eh yeah it's been kind of ticking down on that for a while and i think yeah spot on nathan i think the pandemic showing that it doesn't like it's not necessary has has been kind of the the killing blow whether we'll see it kind of limp on for another couple of years who knows but yeah i don't see i don't see it coming back in any grand fashion that will matter would i miss it yes because i imagine like some of us here it's kind of like a dream from when you're young Mm. or when you start looking into games media it's like oh it's kind of that's that's the grand chalice to attend an e3 would be such a thrill um, even though it's come such a long way in terms of what it used to offer. I don't know if you folks have had a look into what E3 used to be back in the early 2000s yeah. with Booth Babes, Notorious. You know, thank goodness we've moved on from that. Um, it's got it's got an awkward history. Yeah, but it also gave uh, people who, who could attend a chance to, you know, to play these games. So there was like mm, an in-person demos. element that I guess we don't really consider because, you know, we're in a different country, so um, yeah. And you know, people that have gone uh, to the in-person event have said it's pretty good, busy, busy, um, of course. And I think I think I'll miss it. I'm kind of uh, I like the you know, uh, well I don't really love getting up at like four a.m. But you know, I love that you know, you wake up at four a.m. You you watch Microsoft and then you 
watch Ubisoft at six o'clock and you're fucking disappointed because they haven't announced another Splinter Cell. And then <laughs> Sony's pulled out um, all the stops with the, you know, remember that year they had all those those different rooms for the different games they had? Yeah, it's pretty bad. It is like it. Yeah, I think I'll I'll miss it mainly because of the the memories I have of it of yeah waking up early and um I used to have a few mates come around and they just kind of we just bum around for a few days the house would smell fucking dreadful and we'd all just watch E three and sleep and play video games and fuck around and it, you know th- those memories are really great and. I think I'll miss it for that reason. But yeah, I think it's relevancy, unfortunately, has has dwindled a fair bit, which is, yeah, a bit unfortunate. Yeah. But that, that The problem happens. is that everyone's doing their own shows now and then you've got big old Jeffy, Jeffy Keeley. Um, Who jumped on this corpse so fast, by oh the way. Oh my goodness, <laughs> within minutes, right? Yeah, like it was incredible how quick he was on it. Uh, shout out to Jeff, he's a uh, big fan of the show uh the other news piece we got yeah well there you go so summer games fest is happening or kicking off in june uh jeff has tweeted excited to share that summer games fest sorry summer game fest will return this june with a slate of events we're producing another kickoff live show with announcements news and first looks much more to share in the coming weeks along with some very cool new elements for 2022 uh, yeah, I mean, this is sort of taking over, so yeah, pretty well. Uh, other quick, very, very quick news. Uh, the script for the last of it, sorry, the script outline for the last of us part three is uh, apparently done, according to a leaker known as Oops Leaks, who has been somewhat accurate with the PlayStation leaks in the past. Uh, says that, um, according to his sources or from what he's heard, uh, yeah the script outline is done and that development could begin sooner than expected. Uh, he does also go on to state, he, t- he tweets a little bit about uh, Naughty Dog in this thread. Uh, the other thing he sort of tweets about is that the next major single player game from Naughty Dog is a, uh, will have a fantasy setting and it does not, uh, sorry, Neil Druckmann's not involved with it. So some people probably love that. Uh, I'm, I don't uh, don't mind a bit of Neil. Uh, the other thing that, that they shared was that the Last of Us multiplayer uh, is a mix or now resembles a mix of The Division and Escape from Tarkov with factions like modes included and is a single player like experience in a free to play online game. So I guess we'll see how that uh, turns out. Some interesting that, uh, buzzwords. Yeah, all right. Yeah, you uh you would think this gets announced soon surely we've been saying that for a really long time now though like we've it keeps going back and forth between there'll be a state of play or whatever and we'll go oh well this is definitely the time that they have to announce it Mm. and then that just keeps going by and keeps going by and like how long do we give it until it's kind of dead on arrival and no one gives a shit is there a is there a time limit to that that we can see no, I think pretty much anything Naughty Dog touches is guaranteed to be. Even if it's multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, I think I think people are frothing for this. If it's, I mean, I, you know, we don't even know what it is. So, and let's but just I remember, think, uh, it's almost two years since the Last of Us Two came out. 
Right? Yeah, That's I... what I mean. Like, it's it's so far removed now. Mm, the relevance wanes. We'll mm. But I might, I, I might I be it's... wrong. Maybe people will get around it. I think people will get around it. I think it's different because I think it was initially going to be, yeah, that multiplayer mode. And, and I keep referring to it as a part two multiplayer spin-off but i probably shouldn't maybe i should just call it a last of us spin-off uh sorry multiplayer spin-off because i think it's evolved beyond yeah. just part two now i think it's i think it's it's its own beast yeah. kind of thing but just just while we're on the subject uh of uh oops leaks they actually did tweet after this i was going to do a news piece but i didn't so i'm lazy uh but they also tweeted that ben studio uh their new uh, also, their project that they're working on, which is codenamed uh, Propaganda, is a spiritual successor to Siphon Filter, open world stealth action game, late Cold War setting. Think of open world Hitman plus Metal Gear Solid Five with much denser locations, yes. online elements, and co-op are planned. They do tweet after this that they are skeptical about this, but I've heard similar things from multiple sources. Development is in full swing, despite the studio's frustration over the rejection of Days of, of Days Gone sequel. Um, however, I would not expect this game to be, to be released in, in the next couple of years. So, well, I guess, yeah, time will tell if that's if that's real or not. Um, uh, where are we? Game Pass might be getting a family, uh, family option. Uh, so, according to Windows Central, Microsoft is currently working on a family pass for games for Xbox Game Pass. Uh, which would pretty much be like Netflix, where you can have multiple people on the account. I believe that's what it is, Adam. Um, pretty well. It's kind of similar to like how they do with Office three sixty five, where you can have a single single person, or you can have a family that can all download Word and PowerPoint and all the other random shit that you get with Office three sixty five. But yeah, like Microsoft already do this sort of thing, so it would not be a grand surprise. And I'm pretty sure they did it with Xbox Live Gold for quite a while before ditching that. Like I'm almost certain, but I'd have to look into it. But yeah, I think it would make sense, especially for like you said, it's Netflix does it already. I mean, Netflix people share their passwords and whatnot, but that's kind of beside the point. Um, so yeah, I think it would make a lot of sense. So I'd would not be surprised to see this happen. Solid, solid. Uh, Dream Hack tickets went live. Um, if anyone's keen to attend Dream Hack, which is happening in Melbourne this year, uh, it's happening September in September tenth. Uh, the news piece I'm reading says second to the fourth. So yeah, I was fucking way off. Ignore me. <laughs> Even though so I'm the one that wrote the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can check out DreamHack. I can't even remember what it is. It's sorry, DreamHack is a global esports and gaming lifestyle event that offers up professional esports tournaments, amateur and varsity gaming tournaments, world famous bring your own computer, LAN party, cosplay championship panels, are and more. You can check. Better if you're interested. Last news we got um, is Hyperlight Breaker is a game out. Here we are. So Hyperlight Breaker has been announced as a follow-up to Hyperlight Drifter. Developer Heart Machine and publisher Gearbox have announced Hyperlight Breaker, a follow-up to their popular 2D action adventure title Hyperlight Drifter. 
taking place in an area known as the Overgrowth Breaker will be an action roguelite that moves away from the gameplay of Drifter, moving to a fully 3D perspective. Uh, you can wishlist it on Steam. Uh, it is set to come out in early access in 2023, uh, but it should launch on consoles as well. I've watched the trailer. What do we think of this? I'm really interested. And this is only on the merit of, well, obviously Hyperlight Drifter was quite revered. I haven't played it myself. It's on the list. But uh, I've been very, very impressed in the past few years with what indie developers have done in providing a sequel to their initially 2D game that then makes the leap to 3D. And I'm thinking games like Risk of Rain and Anodyne, you know, these really quite ambitious 3D sequel projects that absolutely deliver on completely reinventing their initial game into a 3D sphere and just hitting the mark. So um, I know that Hyper Light Drifter was really cool in terms of the fact that the developer even, I think, kind of almost remade the game from the ground up after it had been released. In turn, So it was like a better engine could port it to more things. So there's obviously like good talent in this team. Um, seeing this in 3D sounds, I, I don't know, just, just the novelty of that based on the games that have come before it from other teams uh, gives me some confidence. And yeah, I, I, I think this, the, it's, it's, yeah, so it's got co op this time around. Is, is that what you said? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. That's an interesting twist on the formula. So yeah, let's, I'll, I'll be very keen to see more. I think it'll be cool to see what they take from Solar Ash, which obviously is a oh, is a, a 3D game. Yeah, um, of course. So yeah, I think it'll be cool to see Hyperlight Breaker be kind of like a, an amalgamation of Hyperlight Drifter and Solar Ash all kind of mushed into one because that mm. very much is kind of the vibe that I'm getting from the 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 few little things they've said about it and then obviously the the little teaser trailer, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Agreed. I, I'm not sure how the co-op will factor in. It'll it'll be interesting to see. But mm. yeah, I'm I'm pretty keen though. Nice. All right. The other quick bit of news I want to talk about. It's a little bit old, but I thought we'd give it some air. T- excuse me, some airtime this week. I didn't want to talk about last week because last week was already fucking huge. But Breath of the Wild Two has been delayed to 2023. Oh, did how do we feel about this? Are we surprised? I Not after overly. having yeah after the fact that we've got Elden Ring this year, I, I couldn't be happier. You know, delay yeah. it absolutely. I don't need that and Elden Ring in the same year. Uh, I don't know if others feel the same, but they they occupy a very kind of similar gameplay style in terms of an open world approach. I, I don't want to burn out, so I'm, I'm happy for them to take some extra time. Release it in the back end of next year, for for instance. That's that's great. Go, go for it. Take your time. Now, look, I read, I read this on social media somewhere. I can't remember if it was Facebook or Twitter. And this person wrote that they believe that part of the reason for Breath of the Wild 2's delay is actually because of Elden Ring. It's... I Look, I... I don't see that that's unreasonable but i also don't understand well, how nintendo make decisions <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. do you do you think that uh hypothetically maybe nintendo and possibly even sony let's say they delay ragnarok they're um pushing their games to next year so they can so they don't have to contend with Elden ring for like game of the year 
liking. Do you think companies would do that? I wonder how important being game of the year is to a company. Yeah, that's that's kind of my first thought as well. well like, is is pushing it out of a year simply for for that game of the year title worth doing? Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe it does show on their bottom line if and, you know being able to market it as a game of the year game. Maybe that actually does shift units, but yeah, I'm not sure. It's an interesting and, thought, though. Yeah, and if that's the well, logic, then perfect sense. Yeah. Do you reckon? I don't know. I feel that's very weird. I don't, I don't think I don't think anyone would do that personally. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm skeptical that that would be the case. But if that is a consideration in the in the board meetings, then would, yeah, Elden Ring's a tough nut to compete with. I would actually be more surprised. Sorry, I'd be less surprised uh, with Sony doing that than Nintendo but then I don't really know enough about Nintendo and Nintendo are fucking weird and how they do things yeah but I feel, I feel like uh, if, if you listen to sorry if you or if you read you know the reasons for why Days Gone didn't get a sequel you know because the Metacritic wasn't high enough so yeah. when you think about stuff like that you know I feel like something like a Game of the Year award PlayStation would froth that um, whereas did Breath of the Wild win it when it came out I'm guessing it did yeah I think so. It, well, I mean, it won a shitload of awards, so yeah. I'm not sure if it won the... The VGAs, don't know. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it definitely won. In my heart, it was game share. of the year, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, let's uh, quickly go on to off-topics. I think that's all the news we've got. Yeah, um, that's pretty much it. Now, did anyone go and see the... If you if you if we saw Groove Bandits play the GTA Vice City show on the weekend, let us know how it was. Uh, keen to keen to hear. Man, what a good that. soundtrack to pull from! Brilliant. Um, not played it, so I couldn't. Oh really? No. It's uh, there are a few soundtracks I think that competes with Vice City's in terms of just sheer '80s bangers. Yeah. Right. I have to give it a listen. All right, off topics. Uh, I went and saw Morbius. I said I'd give it a five, but but um, okay, yes. Yeah, so yes, we're just confirming here that Breath of the Wild did win Game of the Year. So congrats to them again for that. Uh, <laughs> Belated. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Morbius, five out of ten. Bit, bit avo, bit stinky. Nothing really good about it. How five many reviews generous. have you seen where someone goes, "Yeah, the film sucks." Too many. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> or, or it lacks bite. Oh um, no. Needs fangs. Um, see, see what it should have been. It should have been good, so they could use fantastic. That's what they should have done. They should have tried to make it good instead of trying to make it <laughs> shit. <laughs> what a missed opportunity. Um, I don't know, man. It's weird. Like, Remember, this film had two years of delays. Yeah, so does that play into it? I don't know. Like, well, You wouldn't have thought so. Like, if a, like a bad film is a bad film, right? doesn't matter when it comes out. When a film gets delayed by two years, in the film industry, there is no positive connotations as opposed to the games industry. 
But that was because of COVID, though, because obviously no one can go to the cinemas and stuff. No, it wasn't. It got it really got shocked. delayed like six to eight times, and this was like its most recent delay was a month ago. It was meant to come yeah. out in January, wasn't it? Yeah, then it got pushed to the end of March. March. There was a reason for that. I don't remember what it was. But I swear that the, one of the initial, or at least one of the delays was because of COVID. I'm sure one it of probably, them was, yeah, but it's yeah. it's not an isolated thing to COVID, though. Like, that, the the release of that has been a fucking mess for a while. But why, though? Do, like, do, we, do we know why? It Well, they were very keen to shift it out of any period where it was competing in the box office. So when it finally right. dropped at the end of March, it wasn't competing with anything. Batman came out at the start of March. So you'll notice that when Morbius actually came out last week, it actually topped the US domestic box office because it had no yeah, competition. Yeah, yeah. Smart. So I think they t- they focus tested it enough. They gave it to their their test internal test audiences. I think I think they knew what they were doing with that film. I think that they knew that that was going to stand on its own with competition. But it makes you wonder, like you know, and I've always thought this with games as well. Is like, surely developers know, that even like a third of the way through development, this game is not going to be good. Like this game is yeah. going to get. Yeah. slaughtered in like the reviews right and even the film like the director's sitting there making this film the film ha- hasn't even finished production yet and he's going this film's gonna stink like what am i doing with my life like you know surely like some bloke from marvel or warner's going this is gonna be a fucking shit eat. like who's writing these checks you know what i mean like well, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. There is some <laughs> odd politics, though, because this is Sony. This is Sony's child, and um, Sony's got some odd licensing agreements with Disney because, you know, Disney's the, the main mm. holder of the uh, Marvel IP. It's bonkers, man, because you'll know, like, you, you saw Venom. Venom's also in that that Sony sphere. Um, so Sony's having a bit of a rough run. But I've, like, I've heard of Venom, though, and that Venom is in... Spider-Man's universe. So I feel like yeah, that's so self Yeah, okay, Morbius is too. Yeah, right, yeah. Because I'd never literally heard of Morbius before until... And well, fair enough, fair enough. It's niche. I, I even thought this was a brand new character. And I know that we, we discussed it, but then when I was at the cinema, it said like a, a, a like a, a new Marvel adventure yep. or something like that. Yep, that's right. And I was like, and I was like, is <laughs> this... I was like, maybe this is brand new then. Maybe this isn't... Maybe, maybe this is a new character. So I was sitting there in the cinema and I Googled it again, like like Morbius, and I yeah saw that it was actually like an older comic. But yeah, so so just for context, what they're doing, Sony's build. It appears to be that Sony's building a uh, on uh, an ensemble of villains. Uh, Adam knows this. They're called the Sinister Six, and they're like six key uh, Marvel villain, uh, Spider-Man villains specifically. They change in and out. So yeah, Morbius is one of the key ones. Um, Venom, not really. But it looks like they're going to go ahead with it. Craven, the hunter, he's basically like uh, just just he's a you know crocodile Dundee, but hardcore. He's going to be coming for Spider Man in the next year or so. So Aaron yeah. Taylor Johnson as well, which is an interesting, an interesting choice. Craven yeah. fucking rules, man. Yeah, Craven's last hunt is such a great comic, and they're going to butcher my boy, and I'm so sad about it. I'm with you, bud. Were you a Morbius fan before? But I was keen for it. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think there were many people that were Morbius fans. Like, I'm sure a lot of Marvel fans... He's not an A-tier villain sort of thing. Or no, he's not even a villain, anti-hero. They're aware of his existence, but I don't. I think there are very few Morbius stands out and about, that's for sure. Yeah, right. It was an odd choice, yeah. but, I mean, like, 
sorry, Holly, but like Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy were relative unknowns and then Marvel turned them into a fucking super group. So it's not it's not to say that that can't happen. I'm just saying Sony can't do it because they're shit. <laughs> mm. Holly, what do you say there, Holly? Of, uh, that they like in the Spider-Man 90s animated show, oh, like yes. Morbius was in it briefly and they like, right. absolutely version of him as well, hey, so I couldn't really. Is, is that it's on, absolutely um, terrible. Is that on Disney Plus? Because I loved the '90s animated series. They did some really cool I stuff. So. I think but they yeah, have had this it, yeah. in that one. It's terrible in that one. It's, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know a lot about Morbius, but he's very. I think he's supposed to be American, but because he's a vampire, they kind of made him like Transylvanian in that. Oh, he was just America. he was just Dracula. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was pretty much just Dracula, and it was just so badly done. Love it. And I just, I don't, don't see. I don't know what they just don't know what to do with a living vampire and stuff. It's just Dracula. Get Blade to like, cut his fucking head off. So like let's do on, it. Yeah. On, on paper, Actually, Blade was in that one. Yeah, <laughs> Jared Leto playing a vampire. I yeah, mean, perfect. Inspired choice. <laughs> he was okay. He was okay. It's because he's an okay actor. Like he's fine. He, he is was fine. Excellent. He was excellent in Alexander. How dare you? The only yeah. people still singing the praises of Jared Leto's acting skills are those that committed themselves to liking Thirty Seconds to Mars a decade ago. How I'm sorry, but it needs you? to be said. Nah, first things of ours. <laughs> love that band. Hate that band now, though. Um, he was good in Requiem for a Dream. And good in... That's going back uh, a while. Uh, fuck, what's that film that won the Oscar? Um, with Matthew oh, McConaughey, Del- Dallas, Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. He was good in that. I'll give you uh, Requiem for a Dream, but, like, fuck, man, it's a long time between drinks for him, isn't it? That film is... He was good in Urban Legend. He denies that he was ever in that. Have you ever seen any interviews he's had since that film came out? He flat out, like, it was, I remember reading an interview a couple of years ago. Someone goes, so how would you feel about your experience in Urban Legend? He goes, I was never in that film. I go, but, but, no, you were. He goes, I was in that film. What are you talking about? He flat out denies it. He's a loony. Right. He is a bit of a loony. He's a bit of a... He also doesn't age, and he's pretty fucking ripped in the film. I don't know if it's CGI, but... <laughs> He's in, yeah, he's keeping his body pretty tight. <laughs> like you know Nicolas I mean? like, Cage in fucking Ghost Rider, where they just like CG'd his abs on. Did they? Oh, what a time. Is that yeah, a absolutely. Nah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nick Cage ain't Mate, that rich, man. No way. Can you can you imagine Cage putting in that much work to, to Absolutely get not. I'm so nah. keen for the Cage movie coming out this month, though. Oh, same. It looks the massive weight. What, what is I it? Love the, it. What's, what's the name of the film? The Massive Weight of Unbearable Talents or something? Yeah. Yeah, that one. Um, yeah. I got a Nick Cage story very, 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 very quickly. Nick Cage story. Uh, ex-girlfriend of mine was shopping at Chadston. If you don't know what Chadston is, it's like the massive shopping centre here in, in in Melbourne. And it's got lots of the high-end uh, bullshit stores. like yeah, your boutiques and shit. Gucci's and, yeah. Uh, and uh, she was in this store um, and in there was Nicholas Cage because he was in Melbourne for something. Mm-hmm. Tried to buy something and declined. Insufficient funds, baby. We yeah. know and what that's like about, the, don't we? Yeah. And then all those stories came out. He was fucking skint. Um, that's why he fucking does every acting gig that comes, every script that comes through his front door, mate. He is on that. But um, yeah, unlike people like Steven Seagal and that, like he still has to occupy some kind of place in your heart. Like he's got some good films. 
Cage, yeah, he's a, I, I love Nick Cage. Actually, love, mate, he's uh, like Con Air and Face Off. Did you watch Pig um, yet? No, it's on my list. I really want to watch it. Um, so, yeah, he goes next And I really level. want to watch... Um, oh, hang on. There's another film. I've had the tab in on my phone for like five months. The Colour from Out of Space? No, I've seen that. It's fucking bum. I didn't mind it, uh, but I could see why I didn't like it. Um, Prisoners of Ghostland. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I've got that yeah. one on my list. Yep. Um, no, he's really good. There's another film he's good in as well. But Mandy. Fucking Mandy. I do want to see that too. No, no that one. is amazing. But anyway, let's yep. um, let's yeah, let's get off cage talk. But uh, pull me away, yeah, mate. Okay, quick. Okay, question for Adam. Yeah, go on. And Holly, and Holly, and Nathan as well. Uh, Nick Cage, right? If he had to play any uh, superhero, who would you want him oh, to play? As? Elastic Man. <laughs> she she just came to my head as well as Elastic the Man. Fuck is that? <laughs> it's essentially DC's version of Mr. Fantastic, but he's it's like a C grade, like Gumby or yeah, something. <laughs> Did you just <laughs> say Gumby. like Gumby? What the fuck? <laughs> That's cool. No, not like Gumby. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Jesus, uh, Elastic Man. Yep, that's that's it for me. Quick right. answer, uh, and I don't assume anyone knows this, but Sinistro. Green Lantern, Green Lantern yeah. villain. Sinister. Oh yes, yes, yes. Holy shit, that's that's a weird choice, but I love it. Yeah, I've been on a Green Lantern kick lately, but just across my mind, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I love yeah, Green Lantern. Yeah, um, how do you reckon he would go as a Punisher? Give it to me honestly. Nah. Oh, nope. Absolutely not. I think John you know, I think he's too quick to to discount that. I think he'd yeah, give it a good yeah, hard crack. I, th- I think he'd go all right. Nah, bin yourself, boys. Now. Okay. All right, let's move on. Uh, any other off-topics we've got to talk about? Too quick from me. Um, so I wrapped up the second season of Raised by Wolves. This was a series I mentioned about a month ago, and then um, KV went and watched it about a week afterwards. So me and him are both in agreement. It's a really interesting series. Uh, we've also said it's just like the absolute weirdest stuff to come out of Ridley Scott's mind. So it's like if you've ever – I mentioned before, if you've ever seen things like Alien and Prometheus and – anything that's weird and wacky by Ridley Scott, it's all condensed into this series and it's just absolutely bombastic. Love all the ideas. Um, is it in Wolves. Aliens universe? No, no, it's its own oh, yeah. universe, but my goodness yeah. is it fleshed out. So it's got the same sort of level of world building and storytelling that series, like other HBO series like Westworld um, wanted to achieve, but Westworld kind of gets lost real quick in its own lore. It, this is a lot more clear and it's got the sort of twists and turns, but uh, really entertaining, just absolutely bonkers sci-fi uh, with, with no filler. Um, but then also, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I've just been on a massive Green Lantern kick lately, like uh, just comics. Um, I don't know what it is, but but if we talk like favourite DC not comics. Not the Ryan Reynolds film? No, I've never seen it. Never seen it. I, I've kind of like never intended to do so because I think it's... I'll a, lend you the Blu-ray, mate. Oh, my goodness. I've it's, got the but, holographic cover. Oh, my... Why? <laughs> But um, I, I'm just in love with with the Green Lantern universe, and I don't know what it is. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to to a lot of people, but for a comic, it's just like purely focused on its world building and its action, and there's just no nonsense. Uh, just a quick thing on that as well. Like basically, what I'm reading at the moment specifically is a, a mid 2000s run of what's called Green Lantern Core, and it's actually written by Dave Gibbons. Now, Dave Gibbons, if you recall, is 
uh, throwback to Revolution Software there. He's uh, the animator or illustrator, designer of Beyond a Steel Sky. Or both. He, does, he did Beneath a Steel Sky. Oh, he did Beneath as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's mm. how... Yeah, so he did Beneath a Steel Sky, which is old as fuck. And then the new one, which is Beyond a Steel Sky, which came out right. two years ago on PC, last year on consoles i think yeah so so people know him primarily for things like he illustrated watchmen you know like one of the quintessential classic graphic novels Mm. but he but he's written um green lantern core and i've had a lot of fun with that nice that Uh, very um, quickly sorry (laughs) do you have something no sorry do you have something to do with green lantern yeah, it was Green Lantern related. The, no, the no, lead up, um, depending on where you're reading in Green Lantern Corps. Very early. Is, it, the, oh, man, you've got such a road ahead of you because it leads up to... I'm about issues in, but it's leading up to a Sinestro War. Sinestro War is excellent, but you've also got Brightest Day and Blackest Darkest Night, Night yes. which are f- fucking some of the best DC crossovers they've ever done. That's what and, I'm working towards, mate. And then it leads right up to the start of the New 52 or like the, the shattering of the multiverse. The Jeff yep. Johns, exactly right. So you've got, oh man, you've got such a good time. It's a wild That's, ride. It's an excellent comic series. So I'm, I'm keen to, to hear what you think as you, as you go through. Big love. No, you're right, Zach. Uh, so I was just going to say, the Nicholas film, the Nicholas Cage film I was talking, I was thinking about, I can't believe I forgot it. National Treasure. Fucking oh, what love a banger. films. I, love them. I, I enjoyed it as a kid. I have no idea how to respond to it oh, as an adult. Mate, I watch it. I reckon you'd still love it. I reckon you yeah, would still really yeah, get around it. It's incredible. Holly, come on. Be with me on <laughs> this one, please. Did she shake her head? Was she out <laughs> National Treasure is a great movie. It's a national treasure. It is. All right. Uh, anyone got any other off topics before we wrap it up? You Go watching home. anything cool, Holly? Um, Morbius? I just um, was a bit behind. I've just watched uh, Jack Ryan season two. Oh, nice. How is that? Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, it's just as good Prime as the one? first. Yeah, I really want to yeah. watch that. Um, um, yeah, it's just as good as season one, and season one was really good. Yeah, so. nice. Cool. And I wouldn't mind starting the Reacher one as well. Yes. Nice. Good choices. Good. Speaking of Jack Ryan, Adam Ryan, what do you got for us? <laughs> <laughs> what a connection. Um, no TV series, but as I alluded to earlier, I watched all 6,000 fucking hours of WrestleMania over the last couple of days. Um, so lots of, lots of the old graps. And yeah, this year's despite not having any kind of build to it, was really fucking great. And it had lots of celebrity involvement, which is usually a bad thing. But Johnny Knoxville put on a, a, a pair oh, of tights and and had a wrestle, and it was ridiculously what? entertaining. Oh, man. Okay. All right. That, that sold uh, me. Because WrestleMania's in previous years, I've never heard anything good about, right? Yeah, they've, they've had some stinkers in the last couple of years. But this year, they were back to full capacity crowds. So it was like almost 80,000 people. Um, everyone was super, super into it and all the matches were really, really entertaining. So yeah, even if you're a casual fan, it's, yeah, it's probably worth a watch. What's the highlight and low light? Um, highlights would be the Knoxville match was excellent. Um, and the main women's match of Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch was absolutely top notch. Um, low light would be an unfortunate circumstance of a wrestler getting injured about three minutes into his match. He completely blew out his quad after 
um, trying to squat two men like what? on his shoulders. No. Yeah, which is something that he has actually done previously. Which who's the wrestler? Yeah, it just uh, his name is Rick Boogs. He's kind of a, a newer mm. newer scene, newer face to the scene. But yeah, it was. It's always nasty to watch, and especially when it's on like the the biggest show of the year. So I yeah, I felt for him. Oof. Yeah, go watch WrestleMania. Like Kicked ass. All right, thank you for that. Thank you for sticking around, listening to all of us talk. We've sort of kept it pretty tight as best we can this week. Still a lot of bit of fluff there you can trim. Check out all the content, www.world-play.com.au. Have a good week and stay safe. Go watch more beers. Uh, if you want to, you know, we the people want a sequel, so make it happen. And we'll see you next time. Bye now. Farewell. Look at that cat eating your finger. What a cutie. The people want a sequel.